dating is all about the energy and the energy that you put out into the world is a lot of the energy that you get back. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. If you are listening to this, the day that it's coming out, it is Valentine's Day 2017, also known as My Favorite Holiday. And if you've been following me for a while, or if you read my blog back in the day when it was called The Wellness Wonderland, you might remember many a Valentine's Day post I would write just about why I loved the holiday, which I don't even really know why I do. But I do, and I've liked it ever since I made mailboxes out of shoeboxes in elementary school, and I don't know if I loved it then as much as I have in recent years, maybe since I was in college, but I love love. I'm a romantic, and if there's any excuse to celebrate that and, you know, the color pink, I'm, I'm into it. So in honor of this holiday, I'm doing a very special bonus episode non-Wednesday episode of the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, hi, welcome. I'm Katie, the host of this Let It Out podcast that you're listening to. Anyway, usually it comes out on Wednesdays, but today is Tuesday where I'm bringing to you a bonus episode of sorts. A relationship expert slash coach, Veronica Grant, is here to talk about relationships and the love that comes with them and the maddening that also comes with them and dating and just all sorts of things. But most importantly, this question is for you or this this episode is for you because they're your questions. They're the questions that you asked me to ask her, much like elementary school, <laughs> when you would try to break up with someone through the game of telephone and somebody telling you to tell them. Anyway, I'm on a tangent. The point is, You guys asked a bunch of questions in the listener Facebook group that I should ask this dating expert, and I asked all of them. So the bulk of this episode is really your questions. I didn't really have to do much of the work at all. So thank you for your help asking those questions on Twitter and in the Facebook group. Join the Facebook group if you're not already, and also follow me on Twitter so I can tell you next time who I'm having a guest. I usually tweet out at me and at the guest who I'm about to interview, and I sometimes ask for questions for that person. So anyway, great place to follow me there. And anyway, this is just a cool episode that I really enjoyed recording. And I want to note that we mostly focus on heterosexual relationships in this because that's mostly what Veronica's experience is and what she kind of focuses on in her coaching so but I think you know honestly the relationship dynamics I'm pretty sure translate to all relationships I think um anyway I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode but first I have to tell you about something else I'm really excited about that we have a new sponsor can you believe it how exciting is that the new sponsor today is Aptive do you guys know about Aptive it's really cool and I'm really excited to tell you about it 
And that is because Aptiv is something that I use, something that I love. It's basically the Netflix for fitness classes. I love fitness classes as much as the next guy, but sometimes it's hard when you're traveling or, you know, to get out of the house sometimes, especially now when it's cold. So Aptiv brings the fitness classes to you and they have these amazing playlists. So it's not like terrible music that you have, you know, from doing a YouTube video with like terrible stock music in the background. It's like really good music, really great trainers. It's just really a cool thing. And that's why I was so excited when they wanted to sponsor the podcast. So for you listening, you can do it for free for 30 days when you use the code let it out at checkout. So again, that's the code let it out at checkout. And you want to go to aptive.com. That's A-A-P-T-I-V.com. Of course, the link to that will be in the show notes, but just go to the website and make sure that you use the code let it out at checkout to get that free 30-day trial. You can see if you like it, you can see how much you use it, and just check it out. Like I said, there's 100 plus fitness classes. They've got running, they've got cycling, they've got things you can use on the elliptical, on the treadmill, strength training, yoga, which I love. And if you're into full marathon or half marathon or 5K, 10K training, you can get ready for your race. I, I don't do that, but you know you can on Aptiv. That's great. High intensity interval training, also known as HIT. <laughs> you can you know do all sorts of things on Aptiv. And again, the amazing playlist with the music. I'm very into customizable workouts for how long you have. You know how intense you want it to be. It's just really cool. I'm really into it. And you know it's great to just try it out while you have this free 30-day trial. So I highly suggest that, again, make sure you use the code at checkout, let it out, to let them know that I sent you. And again, it's aptive.com. I don't know if I spelled it right before, so it's www.aaptiv.com. I mean, give it a Google. The link is in the show notes. Just make sure you use that code. I just, I love you guys, and I think you are awesome. I hope you like this podcast episode that really is for you with Veronica Grant, all of your thoughts and feelings on dating. If you have more thoughts and feelings on dating, let's talk about dating in the podcast Facebook group, and, you know, we can do another episode. I can have another relationship person on. We can talk more about it. I I really want to know what you think about it. So, all right, here's the thing. I'm going to play this episode now with Veronica Grant, and then afterward, I'm going to come back and talk to you again. It's not that long of an episode, meaning it's a normal-sized episode. It's like an hour and a half, I think, with Veronica, but I'm going to have a really long, which for me is a normal-sized episode. It's about two and a half hours. It might be closer to three hours, this episode that will be coming out on Thursday. It would be out on the normal day Wednesday, but I thought, you know, let's give us all a day to cool off from this dating episode, and then we'll have the full episode come out on Thursday this week. Not a normal thing, just this week. We're going to have it come out on Thursday. And I'm going to tell you who that is. It's someone that's very special, very important to me. It's actually a return guest, but the first time she came on the podcast was in early 2013. She was one of my first podcast guests. I'm going to tell you who that is and why they're coming back on the show. And I'm going to give you the emoji for the episode at the end of this episode. So stick around till the end of the episode. Again, the emoji for the episode is a big deal, big deal. I'll tell you what that means if you're new to the show at the end. So enjoy Veronica and I'll talk to you in a few. All 
right. I'm so glad you're here, Veronica. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Yeah, I am thrilled to be here. I'm really excited. Cool. So I really want to get to your work and how you became a dating expert and coach and yoga teacher, but I like to start lately in the present. So what have you learned or realized or been pondering lately that you're excited or passionate about right now, like as in today or the past week or month, what's present for you? Hmm. That's such a good question to ask me today because I just wrote the date yourself manifesto, like Mm. literally today. (laughs) What does that Um, mean? So I am just kind of reigniting um, some of the just I've got a lot of more new women in the date yourself community. And so I am just wanting to kind of share a little bit about, you know, who I am and what I, I do in the world. And You know, the thing is, and what really inspired me to write this manifesto is people or women, I work primarily with women, you know, dating is the gateway issue. Like someone is Googling something on, you know, dating or how to write a profile or, you know, how to ask a guy or whatever it is. And they might stumble upon a blog post or a podcast episode of mine. And so that's how they come to me. But really what I'm doing is helping women just lean more into who they are and unapologetically, shamelessly, and showing up as themselves, even when dating kind of feels where it's hard to be authentic because we're swiping and it feels kind of gamified. Um, And so that's really what I'm passionate about is like, how can we make dating um, something that feels fun and easy and authentic, even if we are on Tinder and Match or OkCupid or, you know, whatever, whatever way we're meeting people um, in this day and age. Mm, Cool. So, like I started to mention, you are a yoga teacher and a dating Mm -hmm. coach and expert. How did that happen? And what does that actually mean? And what do you do with women? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, I kind of have, honestly, two businesses. Um, And for a long time, it's actually, I've been wanting to figure out how I can combine them. So, part of my business is I'm a private yoga teacher where I live here in Dallas, um, and I've been teaching yoga for, let's see, it's 2017, almost, almost, no, over 10 years since 2005. So over 10 years, and I've been doing privates exclusively. And honestly, for a long time, I was just teaching yoga because it was fun. I got free membership to either studios or gyms. And it was just fun for me to do. And I never really thought much more of it. And, and then this other world, I had my coaching business and I was originally a health coach. And then I transitioned to dating coaching because a lot of the women that I was working with or that were coming to me, or even if they weren't working with me in an official way, they were just, you know, emailing me, asking me their questions. And a lot of people really wanted to lose weight so that they could A, either feel confident to go out and date again, or B, feel more comfortable having um, an intimate relationship with their husband because they felt like their husband was skinnier than them. And it just, you know, obviously that blocked um, a lot of intimacy. Um, So that just kept coming up over and over and over again. And I was working with a business coach at the time and I was kind of, I was telling her this and I'd also just kind of mentioned in passing that I was my friend's go-to person for writing their dating profiles. And it kind of started just from a conversation and she was like, well, why don't you just be like a dating confidence coach from a perspective of self-care and taking care of yourself? Um, that's not so much like the advice that you might 
you know, see in Cosmo or, you know, whatever. So that really became the second part of my business, which, um, up until now, up until now have been pretty separate. Like I, like my, my coaching clients, like they know that I'm a private yoga teacher and my private yoga clients, they know that I um, am a dating coach. And I don't even actually think all of them know, like it's so separate. It's kind of weird. And, um, and I've just been thinking a lot about, um, not just the poses that you do on the mat. Cause you know, that's like just one limb of yoga and there's eight of them, but there's a lot of other things in yoga. And I'm especially thinking of the first two limbs, the yamas and the, the niyamas, which like to, uh, you could say it's like the 10 commandments of yoga because there's five yamas and 10 and five niyamas. So together there's 10 and they're just basically the ways that you're supposed to, live your life in both how you're supposed to treat yourself and then others um, in your community and really in the, in the world. And so lately I've been thinking, man, these yamas and niyamas are honestly really good, not just like dating advice, but life advice. And so I've been wanting to tie them to dating. And it just so happens that next month I'm actually teaching the yoga of dating at the Texas Yoga Conference, which I'm oh, super cool. excited about. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so I'm hoping to combine them a little bit more in the future. But even with my, um, you know, with the coaching clients and just that and the dating and the dating world, you know, I do try to talk about like things like ahamsa, which is nonviolence and satya, which is truthfulness and being true to you and being true to others, which is a lot of boundaries and talk about self-love and self-compassion. So it's already really there um, in the in the philosophical um, uh, standpoint. And it's just it's just I don't know, I'm just having fun with it and exploring where it goes right now. That's great. So as far as that's kind of how the the business was built, but as far as Mm -hmm. you originally being good at helping and coaching your friends about their dating lives and helping your clients Mm -hmm. focus on cutting out the middleman of wanting to lose weight and just really getting to the root problem, which was wanting more intimacy and more connection. So focusing on dating and, and their relationships has Mm -hmm. that have relationships and connection always been something that you've been, good at and what was your journey to the relationship that you're in now and how has that been part of your work yeah so I actually I kind of say the opposite um for me relationships they don't always come easily both I mean I struggled in dating for years for years I felt like I was the single one of my friends like I could maybe attract a guy and have a date or two, but it would never turn into anything. Um, whereas my friends, you know, some of them couldn't stay single. So, and, and even now in my, in my own relationship, it's, um, you know, it's always a work in progress. It's always, um, we're always growing and learning and I'm learning about myself and about Stevie's my, um, fiance and we're learning about how our relationship is and where we want it to be and, um, what steps we need to get to from A to B. And, I actually think that it's because it it's not something that necessarily comes naturally to me. It's something that I'm forever going to be a student of. And one of the reasons why I switched over from, um, and another reason why I switched over from being a health coach to a dating coach is that being a, um, a health coach, I was really focused on um, body image and um, this idea of, you know, women would say, if, oh, if I lost the last five pounds, then I could have X, whatever. So it really became like this cloak for perfectionism and um, blocking or, you know, blocking things out of um, that we're scared of doing because of, you know, this extra weight, whether it was dating or getting a new job or shopping or, or whatever, whatever it was. Um, 
And even though that was a struggle for me, I kind of got to a point in my life where it just wasn't something that was actually hard for me. Um, it was, I kind of, I don't want to say I just got over it, but I just got bored talking about it. I'm like, okay, yeah, this was a part of my life, especially when I was younger and didn't have as much confidence. And now it's just something that I'm, I don't struggle with. And so I wasn't really being a good teacher or coach for it because I wasn't really being a good student of it because I could only read so many um, books about body image and um, those kind of things before I was like, okay, like, that's fine. Like, this is helpful. Whereas a book about relationships um, and how, you know, how to have conversations, difficult conversations, how to have intimate conversations and be intimate. Like these things are things, at least for the foreseeable future, I will be a student of forever. And, um, and I think this makes me a good teacher because I'm just always learning and growing. And, you know, like I think, you know, for a coach, I think you only have to be a few steps ahead of your clients and, and, you know, that's where I am. I'm just continuing to learn and grow. Now, in terms of how I um, met Stevie. Um, Wait, before you tell us okay. that story quickly, okay. what are some okay. of your favorite, um, you know, tools or books or things that have helped you and that you recommend to your clients a lot? And then I want to hear about your relationship. Okay, cool. So one of the big things that really worked with me was to get really clear on what I wanted in my relationship. So a lot of times, and I know I did this, I had this perfect man list. And it was really when I look back, and I didn't have it written down. So I don't know everything that was on it. But I have a pretty good idea of what I was looking for. And it was really just it was a lot of things. It was some of my just projecting things that either I didn't have and that or my insecurities and I wanted that and, you know, someone else. But it was really just a male version of myself. And I didn't have a lot of self-awareness to um, to know, okay, like what kind of person am I in? Like what would compliment me really well? What would probably not compliment me so well? Um, how do I want to feel in my everyday relationship? Like not talking about like the big trips and the, um, I don't know, the grandiose romantic dinners or whatever but just like day to day like what do I want a relationship to look like feel like and be like and once I got really clear on that it pretty much eliminated about 90% of the guys that I had ever dated or could potentially date or match with on you know OkCupid which was the the site that I was on so um, I know it's not really a book, but just like getting, just throwing out the perfect man list and getting really clear on what you want your relationship to look and feel like for me was, um, was, was really life changing. Um, I'm trying to think of a few books. I mean, there's a bazillion books that I've, um, read one book that's actually, that I'm actually currently reading, which has been, um, really, really helpful for me. And even just learning and uncovering some of my own patterns and tendencies is a book called Attached. Um, I forget what the subtitle is, but it's basically just about different attachment styles that we have. And it explains so much of my dating life. And it's been really um, helpful just to just to get another perspective of, you know, why I was, you know, getting really attached to some people and not attached to other people. Um, and, and it kind of and it helps me to sh share like even or show like even in my own relationship right now, like where are some of, you know, our conflicts come from or where, you know, the things where we are struggling or where we are trying to grow from. Like it, it helped me to see, oh, like I can understand why, 
you know, um, having this conversation is tough for me because of, you know, this attachment style that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so super interesting. Um, I don't think, I don't remember the author's names, but it's, there's two of them. Um, I definitely recommend that book to cool. your, to your readers. Um, and then honestly, um, yoga and having in just kind of a, um, just a really uh, dedicated morning routine has really, really had a huge impact on my life because it really just set the tone for the day. And it almost didn't matter specifically what I did, but it always included some sort of either meditation or just writing or journaling or just writing whatever, just some prompt or um, just writing about what I wanted the day to look like, or even just writing if I was just like really upset about something, just, um, just, doing something in the morning to um, just step, start the day right, just put me on the right foot. And I've been doing a morning routine for, oh my gosh, like five or six years now. And if I, and to this day, like if I, you know, oversleep or for whatever reason, don't hear my alarm clock and I have to like run out the door, like my whole day, I just feel like I'm chasing the day and everything goes wrong. And that has just been huge, huge for me. Mm, Yeah, I'm all about the morning routines and completely agree. So let's get back to all those tools in the morning routine that you were doing and how that led to you personally getting into a relationship. And was that before meeting your partner Stevie that was before you started your work as a coach you did this for yourself okay yeah yeah yeah. so tell us how how this all went down so you were struggling with dating you said yes struggling with dating dating is um so what I really did is I um basically told myself and I told other people that I just was not interested in a relationship and I probably did this um, in my mid twenties, 20, when I was 25, 26. And before this, I had just constantly been dating. And honestly, by dating, I mean, chasing a guy or a relationship that was definitely not going to go anywhere. Um, and I, um, like I said earlier, like vulnerability wasn't so easy for me at the, at the time and admitting to myself or admitting to others that relationships weren't working for me or dating wasn't working or I didn't know how to do something, um, was just really not possible at that point for me emotionally. And so instead of, you know, doing that and working with someone or even reading a book about dating or working with a therapist or a counselor, I just said, you know what, I'm not interested in dating. I'm going to focus on my career right now. And, and, and I just want to say for anyone who does want to do that, like, that's totally fine. But the problem with me saying that is that it wasn't true. And I was just pretty much bearing this desire to want to be in a relationship down and it just you know, what you resist persists. So it just Mm -hmm. kept coming up and it was causing a lot of pain and, um, and a lot of shame. Like I just, I used to feel very shameful about being single and like there was literally something wrong with me or literally I was not as good or less than a person who could be in a relationship. Even if it was a completely toxic, destructive relationship, that person was still better than me than I was in, in my mind at the time. So I, that's what I did. I dove into my career and at the time I was working in politics in Washington, DC. And on the side, I was teaching fitness classes and yoga classes. And I got the idea. I was like, I want to, I want to do what I love to do, which is teaching fitness and yoga full time. Like, why do I just do what I love to do on nights and weekends? So this was my career move that I was going to make. And I thought a really good way to make this full time was to add coaching, which is where the health coaching came in from. 
Um, so I did some more advanced trainings in yoga teacher training so that I could um, teach more workshops and private clients and those types of things. And, and then also, um, that's when I got my health coach certification. And so between the two of those programs, I worked on that for about, I don't know, a year and a half or so. And for anyone who's ever done any type of like coaching program or coaching training program or yoga teacher training program, you know that it's, you're not just learning the skills to be a teacher, to be a coach, you're really learning life skills and it's really changing your own life. And this is when I began to um, uh, take down this facade of perfectionism um, that I had built up around my insecurity, around being single or not feeling good enough. Um, this is when I began to really have my, um, you know, start my daily routines and really taking care of myself and um, cutting out the dieting and the counting calories because I was doing that off and on for years as well. Because again, thinking, well, if I'm going to be single, I might as well be the perfect body weight. Um, and this is when I began to, um, you know, learn what it meant to actually be vulnerable. And you know, some of my friendships that I made, especially with my teacher training, because that was um, live and in person. Like some of those are some of the. Um, you know, best friendships I've had. And I think it's just because it really created this space for me uh, to be vulnerable, which really helped me to see who I really was and what I really wanted. And that's when I started to get clarity on like, okay, I don't care if the guy is has the same career path as me, or if he looks like this, or if he has those interests, like what just matters is just someone to start to share this life that I was creating to together. And once I kind of had that that moment, um, I was dating at this point and I hadn't met Stevie yet. Um, but dating just, it felt, it, it was so weird. Like all of a sudden it just felt easy, you know, where before I would used to just talk to all my friends and we would just like, you know, gripe on about the guys we were meeting or dating or whatever. I would still go on these dates and sometimes the guy wouldn't be anything interesting and I'm like, okay, cool. Like it was really nice to meet you, but it wouldn't mean any, I wouldn't make it mean anything, which before it was. Um, and before my, I say my emotion du jour was basically based on, um, you know, the status of, or my status with some guy was that I was, that I was dating and that just stopped. Like I, I hit a little bit more of, um, I don't know if equilibrium is the right word, but it just wasn't the highs and lows anymore that it had been before. Um, and I met some really great guys. It's like even online and I know people gripe about online, but I was having great dates and I was going on multiple dates with great guys and I just, I hadn't met the right one yet. And, and then I was at a bar in Washington, DC and, um, my friend had invited me to this happy hour and Stevie was there. And it's funny because I remember, I literally remember the second I set eyes on him and I was thinking, this guy is cute, but there's no way like I was still, you know, a little nervous about throwing away my perfect man list. And I was like, there's no way this guy would actually, you know, nothing would come of this. And so um, I I guess because I had that mindset, I don't really know. But um, we just started talking and I just felt completely cool and confident. And um, to this day, he'll say that one of my or one of his favorite things or one thing that attracted him to me was just how I had this confidence but not like 
arrogance and I was just really into the life that I was building and the things that I was creating around me because at this point I was building up my yoga business and my coaching business and um, and that was just you know really attractive um, to him and it was also the first time um, I have this memory we were sitting on this I guess this bench and the bar and he put CB put his hand on my knee and he's he said, oh my gosh, how do you get your skin so soft? And without skipping a beat, I looked right at him and I just said, kale. And it was really funny and like, he kind of thought I was a little crazy probably, I don't know. Uh, Actually, I know he definitely thought I was crazy, but it was just a moment for me because it made me realize like how interconnected everything was. Like how like the food that I ate literally changed the, like how my skin looked and how I treated myself literally would affect how I showed up for other people, including the people that I wanted to be in a romantic relationship with. And, um, and that's when like, you know, that's was like the point of no return, you know, growth is always about two steps forward, one step back. But like that moment for me was really pivotal, 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 sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it, it just made me realize like how interconnected everything is. And I can't compartmentalize Um, you know, just work on one thing in my life and just put everything else in the back burner because it's, it it all interconnects and all goes, um, all goes together. Now we didn't start dating that night. We dated, started dating about six weeks after that. Um, he was dating someone else and I was, you know, on all these OkCupid dates. Um, um, but yeah, that's, that's how we met and that's how things started, how, how, how they got started with us. Oh, that's great. And now you're engaged. We are engaged. Yes. I'm super excited. That's so exciting. Yeah. So you're in this great relationship. You're bopping along. Do you ever feel pressure in your life for this relationship to be awesome because of your business centering around dating and relationships? Yes. Yes. So this is definitely more of a struggle, um, probably about a year ago. And because that was really when I was during the right after the transition from being a a little more than a year ago, I guess, from a health coach to a dating coach, because then I started to put all this pressure on myself, like, oh, my gosh, like, what if we fight? Or what if we have a bad day? Or what if we're going through a rough spot? Or what if we break up? Like, what does this mean for my my business? And interesting, because I definitely would put more pressure on the the relationship to to be to be perfect or to be however I thought perfect or ideal um, should have been, um, but you know of course the irony there is that it definitely did create tension and issues within the relationship, and and then I just got really clear on what it meant to have a successful relationship, and you know a successful relationship has you know, I'm not even sure how you define a successful relationship to be honest, but a breakup definitely does not make a relationship a failure. Sometimes relationships just have expiration dates. Um, and that just gave me a lot of peace of mind and stopped putting so much freaking pressure for our relationship to be a certain way or to, to, um, to look a certain way. And, and then in terms of the, the fighting, um, or, you know, I'm not saying like we fight all the time, but you know, whenever we go through struggles or issues or arguments, um, it's definitely a little bit of a learning experience for me because sometimes Stevie will actually say like, I don't want to be your laboratory. And so, you know, it's not really fair for me to like kind of put him in a place where I'm like, quote unquote, testing something. Um, it, you know, really has to be something that we're, 
we're both agreeing to in terms of like, you know, working on the relationship or agreeing to work on ourselves or doing some sort of shared goal or, or project together um, as relationship growth. And, you know, I think one of the best things that I've actually started to do is to kind of just share like, you know, that Stevie and I aren't perfect and that, you know, we had, a you know, if we had, a, we didn't have a fight last night, but I'm just saying like, I would, you know, mention a newsletter when Stevie and I were having an argument or when something um, wasn't going really well. Obviously I would, you know, get consent from, from him and I don't really talk about anything that's currently ongoing, but once something is completed and we've moved on from it, then it's definitely a great learning tool for, um, you know, for my audience. And, I also just became came to the realization that people don't want to learn from someone who seems like a robot. Um, they want to learn from someone who seems like them. Like, you know, you have ups and downs. Some days are good. Some days aren't good. And the point is that you keep go- going. You might feel um, scared or you might feel, um, you know, other emotions that you don't really want to feel. But the work is to, you know, kind of work with those emotions, see what the root is, and just keep moving forward. And, you know, that's really what I've committed myself to doing, both in this relationship and in this um, in this business. And, you know, if ever, you know, I hope Stevie and I, you know, don't break up or anything. But if we if we do, like, it's it our relationship was definitely not a failure. And um, it doesn't make me a bad dating coach or a bad relationship coach. And in fact, it probably in the long run, will even, you know, something like that could even give me, you know, more to to um, teach from. And then the same thing kind of goes like, you know, assuming that we continue to date over the years, you know, learning to be with someone not just for a few years, but really over a lifetime, is a whole other can of worms that like I'm just getting into, right. And so that either way, it's going to be a learning experience and something that I can, you know, share with my audience and with my business. Cool. How does he feel about your work? And and what you do and how he's involved in that. Was that a conversation you guys had at the beginning? Um, yes and no. Um, he's pretty comfortable. So he's pretty comfortable with me sharing about our relationship as long as it's from my perspective. And I'm not trying to say something um, from you know, what, what his perspective would be. So as long as it's the way I see a situation um, and I'm not... Um, then he's okay with it. And another agreement we have is that, you know, I'll, he doesn't have an online platform, he doesn't have an online business, so it's really just more one way. But like, I never, um, uh, like, I'm always raising him up. Like, even if I'm talking about an argument, or even I'm talking about something that's more negative, um, I never will, you know, will diminish him or push him or like, lower him. Because that's just, I mean, to me, like, there's very few deal breakers in this world, but I think when you're not raising each other up, I think to me that's like a pretty, probably the the number one deal breaker. Now, the only thing that he won't do is he will not come onto a podcast or a webinar with me. A lot of people want to meet him. A lot of people want to have, hear us like kind of talk about our relationship together, but he won't do that. He says, that's your space. That's your thing. Have fun. But he's, he's very, he's an engineer, every stereotype of an engineer. So he's very quiet. Um, and he doesn't want to have that kind of presence. <laughs> cool, understandable, and sometimes yeah. that dynamic works really well. Yeah, definitely. So I have so many questions for you from the Facebook group. So let's just start Ooh. to move through them since I know you have a hard stop. So all right, okay. this question is a really good one. How to date when you hate dating, or sh- should I just not date? <laughs> 
Hmm, that's really that's a really good question. So, all right. So there's like so many things I want to ask this person, but I'm just going to kind of generalize based on what I think that they're coming from. Okay. Or where they're coming from. So the first thing is that it's kind of a it's kind of a bottomless pit. This mindset, right? Because if you hate dating so dating is all about the energy and the energy that you put out into the world is a lot of the energy that you get back so you know if you think about it like as someone who's dating do you want to go on a date with someone who hates dating right like that person what is that person going to be like I mean they might be like a really cool great person but on that particular date they might just not be very present or authentic or um they might be feeling like, okay, I hate dating. Let's just get this over with. Like, would be, would be, would we be a good match? And that kind of turns into like a job interview type of thing. Um, so, you know, I think in that perspective, you, it's, it's really helpful at least first to change the mindset. And if dating isn't fun, then how can you make dating fun? So, if you don't like online dating, um, it's totally fine to. You don't have to online date. Like, there's lots of other ways to date. You can um, meet people through meetup groups or through um, you know, other activities that you're doing, you can ask your friends to set you up, ask co-workers to set you up. But, you know, I I wouldn't say really the answer there is a, it's not really something that she's doing right or wrong. It's not really, there's, she's not really going to solve that issue by just doing something different. And that's really just like a mindset thing, kind of like it's an inside job. You've got to change the mindset around that. Otherwise, you know, you're you're not going to be very fun to date and if you're not very fun to date you're not going to be attracting the type of people that I think you want to be attracting how do you really change that mindset is that self-care um I think it's a lot of self-care I think it's also a lot of um I'm all about um taking dating breaks and not just taking dating breaks to Netflix and chill or to do whatever but to really kind of get clear on who you are and what you want in a relationship and really what you want your life to look like with that relationship. Because a lot of times, um, especially, you know, a lot of women who are um, very success oriented or have like big career goals, um, I think a deep rooted fear that we don't really talk about a lot is this fear of losing independence. And, um, and I think that goes along with not being vulnerable. I think they're kind of the same type of type of thing. So just taking some time off from dating, honestly, and doing this, some self care, doing some journaling, doing some reflection on what your, um, a, what your goals are in a relationship. Like, what do you want? Like I said, in your relationship and how do you want that to like fit into your overall lifestyle, but then also to get some, get clear on, well, what are some of your fears around dating? And what are some of your fears around being in a relationship? Does it mean you'll lose your independence? Does it mean sometimes you'll go on bad dates? Does it mean sometimes you might get rejected? Does it mean sometimes that he won't call you back? Or, um, you know, whatever your fears are, whether it's dating or relationships, and kind of confronting those and thinking, okay, like, if this happens, then it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. um, if this happens, you know, then I can I can use this tool or I can do this to, you know, to help combat if that happens in the, in the real world. And I think just taking this full inventory of your dating and relationship life will then in turn help you think, have a have a more open and expansive um, mind when it comes to to um, getting back out and dating again after your dating break. Cool, cool, really good answer. Okay, so this question comes from Sasha, who is my friend, and this is something that I was dealing with a couple months ago okay. too, which is how many chances do you give someone when you don't have an instant feeling for them? Like, does it? Oh my god, 
I'm yeah. so glad you wrote or asked this because I literally just wrote an email for my or newsletter and I'm going to send it out in a couple of weeks. Perfect. To my... <laughs> okay. Tell us all about it. Okay. So there's good and bad news. The The bad news is that I wish I could say, oh, you have to go on 2.5 dates and you have to ask these questions right. and you have to have these kind of like, obviously, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't work. Um, so, so here's the thing, like, you know, we hear all these stories. Some people had instant connections with the person they married. And sometimes it, you know, it happened with, um, you know, over time and it happened and it started with more friendship and then like it grew, you know, on. And so, and so then a lot of times then people think, oh, well, maybe we have to be friends first. And so then they go on a bazillion dates and before they know it, they're kind of dating someone that they're not really interested in. Or there's like a lot of fear or regret from potentially turning down someone that could have been quote unquote the one. Um, so, I think this comes from um, a lot of it comes from a so so knowing that knowing that you can't um, you know ever know for sure or have a certain number of of dates. I think that what really helps is to think of again the mindset that you are in when you are making this decision of whether or not you want to see this person again. And I think the the mindset that I'm specifically referring to is a lot of times there's a scarcity mindset involved like oh well, you know, he has all the things on paper that I like about him, but um you know, I don't know, I don't really feel it. But on paper, I feel like I should like him. Um, so that's kind of a scarcity mindset. Or, um, or uh, well, he likes me. And like, I think I could like him. So maybe I should just learn to like him. Mm, um, yeah. Or see if I, I can like him. Because I don't know when I'm going to be able to if, when someone else will like me ever again. And so again, like that's another um, form of the scarcity mindset. So, you know, scarcity mindset to combat that you have to really embrace this um, abundance mindset where, um, you know, you can turn a guy down if you're not interested in him. And that's, you know, that's, that's totally fine. And if you're not sure about a guy, it's also fine to go on a date with him or a second date or even a third date. But I really believe that, Um, Once you do start going on that second or third date, you will get a gut feeling and, you know, your job then is to, um, to listen to it. So I had a similar experience. I went on this date and the first date was great. Like I thought he was cute and I don't know if there was like a spark, but like I was definitely interested. Um, And so we agreed to go on a second date and I was really excited about the second date. And then the second I got there to the second date, I just had this gut feeling of like, oh, I, this isn't it. Like, I'm not interested in this anymore. Um, and I and I kind of muscled through the second date and I didn't get the nerve to tell him at the end of the date that I wasn't interested or even the, the time between second and third date. So I went on yet another date with him. And I just like kept telling myself like, well, this guy's like everything that I wanted. Like he and he's so nice and he's definitely into me. And um, but like I just had this feeling I was just not into it. I was not into it. Um, but I was just kind of grinning and bearing it. And and then we are halfway through our date. We are actually walking around the D.C., um, the National Mall in D.C. And he asked if he wanted if we could meet up later and cook dinner together. And that's when I was just like, nope. And I actually told him right then and there and left the middle of the date that I was really sorry. Um, but, you know, I just wasn't feeling it. And I, um, you know, left and I walked to the metro and went back home. And it was a little, it was kind of crazy. It was a little surreal um, because this was the, really the first guy in a long time that I had dated that 
you know, seemed to check off all the boxes, seemed to be really interested in me. And so my, you know, old former self, and I kind of even, you know, muscled it through a little bit in date number two. Um, but my former self would have been like, well, I should really like him because he's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I just had to let that go and trust myself that I was not interested in him. And, um, you know, that I had to trust that someone else, there was someone else. And I am, I forget, I think we were on a date in March or so, and I met Stevie in April or May. Yeah. So, yeah. You have to make space for something new. And I think when that space is occupied by something that's not so great, it blocks something great from coming. And I've experienced that too. I talk a lot about that, both like in your calendar and then also emotionally, like in your calendar, like I tell to have a date night scheduled and like that's your night that you, um, and it doesn't have to be like every Tuesday night, like you can switch things around depending on like when the Pilates class is or when your friends are getting together, but just having a free night every week to have a date, I think really makes a difference um, in your mindset, but also like logistically so you can actually have time to go on a date with someone. And if you don't have a date that week or if you're not actively dating, then that's a great time to have a date with yourself um, and really do some reflection and some journaling and um, meditation and whatever you want to do, yoga, um, cooking yourself a nice meal. Um, And then the same thing goes, I talk a lot about emotional bandwidth and um, and creating and, and making sure that, you know, well, our emotional bandwidth is very finite. Like we don't have a lot of space for um, relationships and dating in that when you assume that we are um, assume that we also have things like our career and friends and family and just making sure all the bills get paid and the dog gets fed, all those things. So when you, the leftover emotional bandwidth that you have is really, really small. And if it's taken up by guys that you're only halfway interested in or guys that don't treat you well, but for some reason you're still, I mean, sometimes good reasons that you're still not good, but like explainable reasons that you're still with them um, or exes or any of that kind of stuff. It really takes up like literally emotional space for uh, someone new. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Okay. So there's a bunch of questions about exes and I'm just going to kind of boil them into a couple and you can just speak on them. So Morgan asks, can you be friends with your ex and how to handle ex exes in general? And Shayla says how to know if you should get back together with an ex, if that's the right choice or not. And then the other question here is how to handle your feelings about the conversation with a current person that you're dating about their exes. So okay. I don't know which one you want to start with, but just okay. shoot on those. Okay, I'll start going. And then if I forget a question, just remind yep. me and I'll answer. I'm on it. Um, okay, so I'll start with can you be friends with an ex? I think, um, you know, in the long term, if you wanted to be, you could, especially if that person was going to be in your life somehow, like if you have a lot of mutual friends or if you work together or something like that. Um, but I think especially at right after a breakup, you need that, that clean swipe. Um, not having that clean swipe really, um, like I talked about that emotional bandwidth, really, it's really hard to get them out of your headspace, even if you're seeing them on your newsfeed, or if like literally their phone number is still in your phone and you see it when you scroll through to find, you know, someone else's phone number. Um, so I really think that you have to clear all of that out. You have to get rid of their um, anything they gave you that's in your house, anything that reminds you of them. Um, <clears throat> I think you should, um, if not unfriend them, at least 
unfollow their their feed or whatever so you don't see them or statuses so you don't see them in your news feed unfollow on instagram all that kind of stuff and this can be definitely temporary um but i'll just say something about that in a second it, it can be temporary so if the relationship was less than a year i really recommend at least giving yourself six months of space to really allow yourself to to grow beyond that relationship and that person and if you dated for longer than a year then i really think you need a year to really um not necessarily just to heal but just to um i mean you, i think you can date other people but i think you really do need to get them out of your literally your space for um, that full year. Now, just a quick caveat, if someone has kids with an ex, obviously, like you can't totally um, push them out of your life. And so in that case, I think having your logistics, um, especially with pickup and drop off of kids as um, cleared up as possible from the beginning. So you can really just communicate by text or email about like when you're picking up, you know, whoever from soccer, when they're getting dropped off or whatever, um, just so that there's as little potential for any kind of emotional contact or relationship to to happen. Um, I, I really think that this is so important and it's so hard because a lot of times when women resist and don't want to do this is because there's often a hope that they'll get back together or that they'll the guy will have a change of feelings or heart or whatever. And this is all just clogging up you know, your emotional bandwidth and not really allowing you to move on and allow someone who, um, you know, who does want to be with you to be to be in that emotional space. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in terms of the, you know, I, th- I think it might sound really harsh. I know it sounds harsh to say that you can't be friends with an ex. But, you know, I just I, I have a hard time seeing when and where there's really a place for an ex in your life you know relationships i believe every single relationship that we have literally if it was a one night stand or if it was like a five-year relationship or 10 15 whatever your relationship every relationship that comes into our life came into it for a reason and i really believe that every single person in some way was a soulmate because i think it really has the potential if you're open to it to teaching you a soul lesson like every single relationship again a one night stand or a 15 year marriage can really teach you profound lessons about yourself and who you are and the type of relationship that you want to be in and when that relationship comes to an end um you know usually that means it's time for that relationship, like you learned, the, or at least you had the opportunity to learn a lesson, whether or not you take in the lesson really is up to, um, you know, up, up to you and to the work you're willing to to do. But regardless, you know, that relationship's reason for being in your life is over. It's it's done. And, and so in terms of getting back together with an ex, you know, I certainly know it happens. And, um, but I think generally, you know, relationships ended for a reason. So I think if you're considering getting back with an ex, you really have to look into reasons like, well, why did it end? Um, and a lot of times it ended because somebody, I mean, there's, I mean, I'm not going to guess there's all sorts of reasons why a relationship ended. Um, but, but usually I, th- I think it's best to trust that that relationship ended for a reason. I mean, it's hard to kind of say a blanket statement because I don't really know what the situation is with the the woman who, who asked that. Um, um, but you know, especially if it's part of a pattern or if it's like a situation where you have a hard time leaving or you feel like you need this person in order to feel X, like you need that person to feel confident or whole or complete, like all of those that's not love. That's just, um, you know, something filling a void and we think it's love. 
Um, but, but it's not. And if that's the type of relationship that we're talking about, like definitely, I would say almost hundred percent, those relationships have no business continuing on. Um, sometimes it's timing things. Sometimes, you know, there's something that hard that happened in one person or one, one of the party's lives in the relationship and it made the relationship difficult. But even then I would question, you know, if something hard goes on in my life, like I know that I want Stevie there by my side. And, you know, if I push him away during that time, I would think that says something about what I really feel about the relationship. Um, so I guess that's just a really long way for me to say I have a hard time seeing, you know, where, like when a relationship could potentially, um, you know, get re- restarted again without knowing the specific um, details. And I think there was other questions that I Yeah, the other one was, what about hearing about old relationships of a current partner that you're with and if that makes you squirmy and how to handle feelings around that and those conversations? Yeah, so I think if an old relationship from your partner makes you squirmy, I think that means there's something in you that it's triggering. So that's on you. That's not on your partner. Um, and there's probably some feeling of probably like, um, lack of confidence, maybe lack of trust, um, or confident in how you are in the relationship, lack of confidence in how you, how he feels about you. And again, that has nothing to do with him. He can be madly in love with you, but if yours, if there's jealousy or confidence is eroding because of some past relationship, um, you know, that's, that's you and that's your work. And, um, that's something for you to work on yourself and has nothing to do with him. Um, I mean, if he's like, flaunting it or making saying things like comparing you to his ex that's a different story that's definitely a um, discussion around boundaries and um, would definitely be one of those kind of conversations at least in my mind that would be like you know if he's doing something like that uh, potentially a deal breaker because you know what happened in Stevie's past relationships has nothing to do with me it's none of my business like it's it's between him and you know God, universe, his exes, whatever. He learned the lessons that he needed to learn from them and he brought them to our relationship. And it's the same thing with, with mine. Like I've, I've had a lot of relationships, um, and they have nothing to do with, with Stevie. They, they have all made me the person I am to today. And I'm grateful for every single relationship. And I can say that now I couldn't have said that a few years ago because some things would have been a little painful still. Um, but, um, you know, I, I feel really confident in all the relationships I had, and it doesn't trigger me at all to hear about Stevie's exes and, and same vice versa. Cool. Cool. Great answer. Okay, next question. This is from Sarah. She says, I would love to hear her talk about how important it is to have things in common. I wonder if the guy I'm dating needs to have the same interests and hobbies as me or sharing similar values and having a good connection is enough or is one more important? Ooh, that's a really good question. So... I personally think that values are way more important than common interests. So here's the thing, like hobbies in our lives, sometimes hobbies stay with us for 20 plus years. Sometimes they come and go. And the same thing is true for your partner. So hobbies and interests, I mean, I think it's important to have some things that you can do together, but a lot of those things you can kind of grow into um, learning together. So an example, um, I was not an avid hiker or outdoors person when I met Stevie, but both of us together have become really into hiking and we bought some like hiking equipment together and camping equipment together. And it's just been something that we've developed both in the relationship. Um, I'm a yoga teacher. I do yoga every day. Stevie um, does not go to yoga. He we have a deal that he comes to yoga with me once a year and that's on the Valentine's day couples workshop. <laughs> um, and, and that's pretty much our, our deal. And, um, 
and I, and it's totally fine. Like he has some other things that he's interested in. Like he's really into basketball and wood woodworking and pottery. And um, let's see what else does he do. He watches movies that I will never watch, like action movies and Walking Dead and all that kind of stuff. Like never, I'm going to watch that. Um, we both have common interest in in cooking, which is definitely. That was probably like the biggest shared hobby that we um, came into the relationship with. But what I think is most important is um, just making sure that, like, I think, imagine that you are walking down a path and your partner should be walking on a path, but it doesn't have to be the same path, but it needs to be parallel paths and they're going towards the same place. Mm -hmm. So that really alludes to this idea of of values. And just a quick um, anecdote. So one thing that I really wanted when I was younger was I wanted someone who was a globetrotter because I was a globetrotter for a while. I lived abroad and all over the Middle East. And that's what I thought I wanted. And I kept attracting these types of guys who were doing exactly that. But literally, we were traveling. And so literally, we were crisscrossing and zigzagging by each other. And so nothing ever turned in anything. And one of the reasons why I thought, oh, nothing would happen with Stevie is because even at the time, like I was like, oh, well, he he's not a globetrotter. I mean, he's traveled, but he's not like I've traveled. And what I was really going after there when I got really clear and honest with it was I was really going for someone who had this adventurous spirit because I, I thrive on having adventurous spark and spirit. And um, and to me, like I equated being adventurous with traveling. And, um, and, and it's not the same. I mean, it can be the same thing. Certainly traveling can make you feel adventurous. Um, and if you feel adventurous, traveling is a great thing to do. But Stevie loves to do a lot of other things that I wouldn't before have categorized as adventurous. And even though they might not be my favorite things to do, I, we can share that same feeling of adventure together. So, for example, one of Stevie's favorite things to do is to go to, like, the Asian supermarket or the... Um, there's a Korean supermarket and um, there's another Indian supermarket here in Dallas. And he will get, like, I don't know, some crazy stuff, like some weird mushrooms or spices or fruit or vegetable that I never even seen before. And he'll come home and like Google it, see what it is, and then make a recipe with it. And I love that. And it's not something I particularly enjoy to do, but I love a eating the food because it usually is pretty good. And B, I just love the adventurous spirit that's behind it because I can really, really relate to that. And so when you're looking for a partner, I would look for, you know, the the spirit behind an interest or a hobby and see if that is shared. And then, of course, definitely the values and just looking that you're on the the same, not the same, but, but parallel paths together. I love that parallel path thing. That is so good. Okay, the next question comes from Laura, and she says, does web slash app driven introductions or person to person introductions what is the difference there what are the pros and cons and do they have any long-term impact on the relationship how you met okay so she's asking i just want to make sure i understand so if if they meet online like on a web like a dating site or an app like exactly. how does that how does okay. that affect the relationship long term between that and um person to person interactions okay okay and just any um, pros and cons on the two yeah, yeah. So I don't know any statistics. I do know that, oh, this is another book that I, for the, the tools question, um, Modern Romance by Aziz Ansari. I Highly recommend that. Yeah, yeah, it's such a good book. Really it's not good. really dating advice, but it just helps to kind of see the whole dating picture. Um, so I don't know any specific statistics on the longevity of a relationship or the quality of the relationship based on, you know, how um, people met. I do know that 
you know, within the past 10 years, the percentage of people that have gotten married that met off of line has been growing like at a pretty quick rate. Um, which I think is really interesting. Um, I don't think that there is anything that will, so, so basically I don't think there's anything that will change that, um, you know, relationship. However, I do think that we tend to be more biased when we meet people online and we're biased towards people, um, or, or we're biased towards um, arbitrary things. So kind of like what I was just talking about with the the spirit behind a hobby or an interest that you have or the value that you have. A lot of that stuff gets lost when you meet people online, whether it's you know a swipe app or a more traditional dating site. And so I definitely think there's pros and cons to both meeting people online and offline. I think by far the biggest um, con for meeting people online is that like, another funny story is when I was online dating. So I went to UNC, the university of North Carolina. I'm a huge diehard Tar Heel basketball fan. And our arch enemy is Duke basketball. And this guy has great profile, like so many, such a cool guy, interesting stuff. And, um, he mentioned something about Duke basketball and I was like, Oh, I am not messaging him. No freaking way. And I really didn't. And it was so silly. And even I knew consciously that it was so ridiculous that I wasn't going to message this guy cause he was a fan of Duke basketball. Um, and I don't know, maybe I missed out on a really great opportunity, but no regrets now. Um, but it was so, it was so silly and arbitrary of me. Whereas had I met him out like in quote unquote real life, and maybe three dates in, learned that he was a Duke basketball fan. Maybe it would have just been like, you know, a flirty yeah. part of the relationship. Um, and, you know, I know that's kind of a trivial example. But, like, again, sometimes, like, dating sites and, and places will just match you. And even you consciously match people based on your interests. And that can be really arbitrary. Um, so, you know, I think that's definitely the biggest con to um, uh, to to meeting online. Um, you know, a big pro to meeting online is sometimes people want that security of kind of knowing a little bit about the person before you go on a date with them, um, or, um, knowing, you know, being sure at least on their profile that they're interested in a long-term relationship. And that's definitely a pro that you, that you get, but, you know, I don't think there's anything that would make you more or less likely to succeed or fail, whether you meet someone online or in person. Cool. Great. So, okay, this question comes from Jessica, and she asks, how do you meet people when you aren't a bar hopper slash nervous to date after being out of the game for so long, wanting a real relationship, but just not knowing where to start when you don't like going out? Mm, Okay, so I don't like going out either. (laughs) Me either. I'm such a homebody, and if I do go out, I like to go out with a small group of friends, and, like, we literally just hang out with ourselves. Yes. Um, and or like their friends so it's never like I'm I'm just so I totally can relate to that um honestly I think online dating is great I know I just kind of talked about a con of online dating but it's a really great tool to meet people if you use it in the right way and that really is in quote unquote the right way is that meeting people online it's really a way to be introduced to people and not a way to um to date people and and so, you know, a lot of times people meet online and they've been texting with this guy for weeks. I'm like, oh, my God, like, should I get off the pot? Sorry, I hope I can curse yeah, on course. the podcast. <laughs> um, and, 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 and so that's really when online becomes just icky and weird and gross and, like, what am I doing here? Um, so I think online dating is a, is a great um, 
Introduction yeah, as an introduction service, um, telling people that you're interested in meeting someone. Um, of course, I never did this when I was single because I was well. I guess towards the end, I kind of did, or I was pretty obvious about it. But you know, because that that can be a little vulnerable. But telling people you're interested and if they have any friends to set you up. Um, and then meetup groups obviously are a great way um, to to meet people. And it's not that you have to find someone in a meetup group with your same interests, but at least it gives you like a conversation starter. Um, but I also think that it's a state of mind. And I talk a lot about, I've talked a lot about the mindset, which is why I call myself a dating mindset coach, because it's really a lot about the mindset. And, um, you know, I got this question from one of my clients in my group program. And um, I said to her, I was like, you know, men are everywhere you are. And it's, so it's really a state of mind. And, you know, if you're at a coffee shop standing in line at Starbucks, like there are men there. If you are, um, I don't know, even out with your friends, like I know you don't like to go bar hop, but like, if you know, any type of social setting out, out of your home, like there are men there, your, your friends know people, um, yoga classes, there are men there or gyms, there are men there. Um, and I guess I'm assuming that she's attracted to a a man. So sorry for the (laughs) assumption. Um, Um, but I think that, so the state of, the state of mind is really just about being open, um, and, um, just being open and ready for any possible, um, serendipitous moment to, to happen because, um, it totally can, like it totally happened with, with Stevie. Like I, um, just happened to be G chatting with a friend I was like, I don't have any plans tonight. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm going to this happy hour thing. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, he was like, they have like $2 drinks there. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like that was literally my motivation for, for going. Um, and, and then, you know, I met, I met Stevie. Um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's not that, you know, I met him in a bar, which is kind of funny, not that you have to, again, go out to bars and meet, but just wherever you are, men are. And so, um, you know, are you open? Like, what's your body language look like? Are you, are you just staring at your phone when you're in line at the grocery store? Are you even giving someone the opportunity to say hi or to make eye contact? Um, or, can you do that? Can you make eye contact with someone? Can you say hello to someone? Um, can you, um, you know, initiate a conversation, you know, when you're, when you're out somewhere standing in Starbucks line or, you know, where, wherever. Yeah. I think that that just openness is so crucial and important. I know for me, I used to like constantly have my headphones in and looking like, please do not talk to me at coffee shops. And a friend gave me the advice of like, smile a little bit and, you know, like crack a smile and and look someone in the eye. So I think that that's great. Asking for the internet password is a great way to talk to people. And then doing things that you love. Like I Mm -hmm. went to see my mentor, Elizabeth Gilbert there, and then met the person that I'm dating now there because I wanted to see this person that I really love. So doing things that are really fun for you and you'll meet people there potentially exactly um, exactly but you can do all those things and and if you don't have an open mind then you know it doesn't you know yes. it doesn't it's, it's like it doesn't do anything yeah exactly so you mentioned same-sex couples do you work with people who are same-sex couples and are there many differences within the mindset of dating when it comes to same-sex couples so I don't personally, um, or I haven't yet worked with someone of um, from same sex couples, but you know, a, a lot of it is is really all of the same because a lot of it is still about being authentic to you and being and leaning into who you are and confidence and self love and self acceptance and you know that doesn't change, you know, based on who you love. Yeah, 
Cool. Well, thank you so much, Veronica, for doing the podcast. And I know you have a podcast and let people know how they can find you and anything else that you want to let out on the Let It Out show. Anything that you want to share about dating, maybe like your greatest lesson about being in a relationship boiled down to a sentence? Mm, My goodness. Okay. (laughs) That's a huge question. So let's see. Um, My greatest lesson. So when when I first started reading books about relationships. Um, Oh my gosh. Okay. This is not a sentence, but relationships are spiritual growth. Like they're opportunities for spiritual growth. And it took me a long time to realize what that meant. And I feel like I'm finally at a point where I really understand that relationships show you um, all the parts of you that you love and the parts of you that you wish were different or better or, you know, the parts of you opportunities for growth, as you could say, on you know, (laughs) job improvement forms. Um, And so they're just opportunities for growth. Like they're never going to be easy and feel like, you know, Disney or romantic comedies. Um, and, you know, it doesn't mean they should be crappy, but it just means that it's, it's, it's definitely an, a, an art and a science and a dance to really live life, live your life with someone else and negotiate all of the things that are, you know, even just one person is so complicated. Getting two people to mesh together is very complicated and it's just it's a growth it's it's a learning project it's a learning yeah it's yeah. it's it's never stop learning um and so if people want to hear more about um my or me what i do um you can find me over on my podcast date yourself radio and i actually do a weekly q a so if you have more questions you want me to answer you can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash ask and then submit that there and I will answer your question on a Monday show. And um, <clears throat> you can find me at veronicagrant.com and there I have 37 ways to date yourself. So especially if you're on a dating break or really just wanting to build your confidence, self-love, um, you can dive into that. And then I'm not exactly sure when this is going to get aired, but um, around Valentine's Day, I have the Date Yourself Challenge, which is my super popular challenge that it's a whole community of thousands of women um, that are all dating themselves and striving to be authentic and confident and either they're, you know, wanting to be in a relationship or in the relationship that they are in. Mm, I love it so much. Thank you so much for doing the awesome. podcast and being my friend. And I was on your podcast, which was yes. lovely. Mm-hmm. And we talked about journaling and dating so people can go listen to that. Mm-hmm. And thank you for being here. Yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure. All right, you guys. I hope you learned something from Veronica. I learned a bunch. I thought that was a pretty cool conversation. And again, let me know your thoughts and feelings on dating. Do you want to have more dating-centric episodes? I, you know, think that it would be fun. Let me know what you think. Okay, before I tell you who's coming up on the show next week, I just want to, or not next week, just this coming Thursday, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, Listen, before I tell you that, I have to tell you again about Aptive. We love Aptive already. It's a new sponsor of the podcast. They're so cool. They're like the Netflix for fitness classes. You can do elliptical training. You can train for 5K. You can do yoga. You can do whatever you want on Aptive. And they have good music, which is amazing. If you want to try it, you can do so for free. Why not? What's holding you back? You don't even have to leave your house. And you can exercise. Endorphins make you feel amazing. So, how do you try it? You just go to Aptive.com and enter the code Let It Out at checkout. That's Let It Out at checkout, which is very important because that lets them know that I sent you and you're trying it because you heard about it through this podcast and it supports the podcast, which I'm sure you probably want to do. You know, you've been listening to me rambling at this point at the end. 
Anyway, all right. As promised, who's coming up on the show on Thursday? It is Bex. Rebecca Baruki from Bex Life. She has a book coming out, but we don't talk all about it's not like a promotional thing for her book. I don't even know why I said that. We talk for three hours about everything. It is a fascinating episode. You learn about her family history and some crazy stuff. And she's just one of my favorite people in the world. I met her in an elevator three years ago in New York City. And we've been friends on the internet and in person ever since. She's been a great supporter of mine. She was at my book launch in New York. And I think I cried when I saw her because I just love this woman so much. Anyway, we're, we talk about motherhood. I actually haven't re-listened to the episode yet. I'm about to do that, like, right now. But you guys are great. I love you. Happy Valentine's Day. The emoji for this episode to let me know that you listened all the way to the end of my ramblings right now. The emoji is the heart because it's Valentine's Day. And my favorite of the hearts, I mean, you can send me whatever color you want, I guess. But my favorite is the red one. You know, I really like the simple red heart. And especially since it's Valentine's Day, I think that would be great. You know, if you really are into the purple one, if you like the green one, that's fine. The black one is becoming really popular now. I'm not super into it. But again, if that's what you want to tweet at me, if that's what you want to tweet at Veronica to let us know that you listened to the end of the podcast, I'll accept that. That's completely fine. Again, my favorite is the red one. So feel free to use that one. But any color of the heart emojis are, will be fine for this episode. Happy Valentine's Day. I love you guys. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. I can't wait to talk to you again on Thursday with Bex from Bex Life. She's amazing. It was such a fun podcast episode to record with her again. And I'm excited to actually go listen to it myself right now. And I'm sure I'll learn a lot. So talk to you guys on the internet and have a great Valentine's Day. I hope it's romantic and beautiful and there's lots of self-care and there's lots of love and chocolate and hearts. Again, tweet at me the hearts, Instagram me the hearts. I'm at Katie Dalebout everywhere if you want to be friends on social media. I would love that. I'm going to go make some tea. Talk to you guys later. Mm-hmm.